church this is a big deal guys this is a big deal and uh, I'm excited because we're today we're going to go through the journey of of this church and hopefully it encourage you encourages you and it inspires you and so when we leave here to that you would be full of vision full of hope for not just what God is doing in this community but what God is doing in your life uh, and so uh, real quick before we jump into that and if you do have your Bibles we're going to be in Joshua Joshua chapter 4, Joshua chapter 4, and uh, we're excited because next week we are going to be setting in another one of, another elder of the house, uh, Mark Dedekim, and we're excited about that. It's going to be so much fun, uh, but we are also kicking off a brand new series called Relation Slips, and uh, we got to grab, there it is, Avoiding Pitfalls in Life's Most Important Relationships. And so uh, we are literally going to be journeying through this idea before you start dating, before you get married, before you're a parent, a parent, uh, like God wants to make you better first, you know. And so we're starting off with that, and then we're going to go into dating, then we're going to go into marriage, and then we're going to go into parenting. And I promise you that this might be the best series that we've ever preached at Discovery. And so I encourage you, maybe you're here and you're married and you're like, I don't want to, I don't need to be here for the dating part. I don't need to be here. And there's going to be something for everyone, no matter what season, no matter what stage you're in. And I'm excited uh, for that next week. And so, um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun relation slips. See what I did there? Because it's usually relationships. And <laughs> never mind, never mind. So Joshua chapter four. Joshua chapter 4. I told Brayden, thank you for uh, ending when he did. You just gave me so much more time <laughs> to talk. And uh, Joshua 4, chapter 1 through 3. I'm going to read a portion. We're going to discuss the rest of it through our time together. Um, but it says this. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. And tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. This morning, I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Let's pray one more time and we'll, we'll get started. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your faithfulness to us. God, I pray within the next moments together, Lord, as we journey through the history of this church, God, we pray that you would be glorified, that you would be magnified. Holy Spirit, we just recognize you as our guest of honor this morning. You know what each person needs to hear. God, you know that I can't I can't speak to each person's need, but you can, Holy Spirit. So do your thing. We love you. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's been well documented that Disneyland is not my favorite place. Um. 
it's, uh, it's an amazing place. It's an amazing place for couples who don't have kids. And, but for those that do have kids, it's, it's well, I, you can listen, and I've, I've talked about it in the past. But this uh, couple weeks ago, my parents, for Christmas, they decided to take my family to Disneyland, and it was their gift to my kids, and uh, we went, and, and just, this is, has nothing to do with my, my message, but just to show you how bad Disneyland has been in the past for my family, the second night we're leaving Disneyland, my, one of my kids looks at me and says, Dad, this is the first time we're leaving Disneyland happy. <laughs> so yeah, you can judge me on that all you want, it's okay. And I said, yes, yes it is. Um, but so, so Disneyland has always been a thing for me, attention. Um, what, one of the biggest reasons why Disneyland for me is not uh, the, 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 my most favorite place to be has to do with the lines. I'm not big on lines, everybody. God is still working on me with patience. I, I don't have patience. I don't have a lot of patience. I barely have any patience, to be honest. And, uh, and so God's working on me. And so when you go to Disneyland, there's lines, and sometimes uh, there's just too long of lines. You know what I'm saying? And so, so we, this past time we went, a couple weeks ago, it was supposed to be a non-busy time. However, we went when they're celebrating 100 years, so it was super busy there. And uh, in order for me to not lose my mind in the lines, I people watch. Do we have any people watchers in the, in the place? Like, and so what I, I, I'm in line, this one line specifically, we waited half the day in it, it feels like. And, um, and so I'm watching people, just watching their mannerisms, watching, deciding who really needs Jesus, who, who, like, like who's a Christian, who's not a Christian, who, who God just needs to really work on. And, and so I'm standing in line, and I'm just watching people you know, just watching people, and I see this lady at the entrance. Now, mind you, I am, we're, we're towards the beginning, or towards the end. We're about to step into the, the final stage where you go on this ride, and so we're, we're about to, to, to go on to the ride, and I look at the entrance, and there was this lady holding this popcorn box, and she was going like this. Now, if you've ever been to Disney, you know what she's trying to do. You know she's trying to find her party that's further down the line. And so she's just looking. She's just looking. And she's like. And, 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 and what she does next is, 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 is beyond me. She, uh, she begins to snake her way. And I use that word purposefully. <laughs> she she begins to snake her way from the very beginning to where her boyfriend, her husband, I don't know who it was, that was right in the same row as me and my family. And she's just like, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, excuse me, oh, excuse me, pardon me, thank you, excuse me. And she's, and I'm watching her, I'm like, oh, she is not making a, and I'm shocked. And then I'm, and then I start thinking, man, I hope someone denies her, come on. Come on, and there's a part, there's a group of people. I'm like, watch, they're gonna tell her no. And I'm just waiting. And they let her go. And she's just like slithering through the line. And uh, and she and 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 she finally gets to the party to, to where this her boyfriend or whoever it was uh, is was is supposed to be. And she's there, and I'm like, 
because she, she just has to wait two more minutes and she's on the ride. And I was waiting half the day. And I was frustrated. And I'm, I got, I, I'm thinking, uh, trust me, I, I'm going somewhere, I promise you. I'm just, this is a little therapy for me right here. I'm thinking, man, she probably's not a Christian. You know? She, not, nobody at Discovery would ever do that. Um, Because it's one thing, right? It's one thing. It's one thing to bypass four or five people. But to do the entire line? And so so I'm like, I'm I'm just, I'm kind of, you know, I'm mad because no one stopped her. There's no justice, you know, at Disneyland. And um, and, uh, so so, 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 so I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm a little angry, right? And I gotta be honest with you, because part of the reason why um, I, I'm fr- I was frustrated with, with this lady what, was because, if I was honest, deep down inside, I wish I could be like her. That's not my personality, that's not my makeup. Like, God made me to want to be a people pleaser, which is horrible. And so I, I want you to look at me and be like, oh, I love you, you know? And every time, I, I'm too worried about going through the line and people like, ooh, let's go. Because you know they're smiling when they're letting her by, but in, inside they're like, mm, trip, you know? <laughs> and so part of me is I'm wishing, like I wish I could be like this lady who was willing to start at the entrance and work her way through this line of uncomfortability to get to the ride. But that's not me. And I pray that's not you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but here, here's why I'm telling you this. Because I was thinking about this idea of, of, of her starting at the entrance, making her way to the end. How there is this, like I don't care who you are. It's uncomfortable having to say excuse me. Having to move through. And just I was thinking about in life. How sometimes, if, how sometimes when God wants to take you from where you're at to where he's created you to be, that you got to be okay sometimes with being uncomfortable. That there's moments in life when God is wanting to, to, to take you from, from point A to point B, that you got to be willing to be like, okay. So uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. And you got like there's something about that. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this is really the journey that the guy Joshua is having to take the nation of Israel through. Joshua is having to move Israel from point A all the way to point B. And, and in this, 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 this passage that we read, what, what we discover is that in Joshua chapter 1, that Josh, this is jo, like Josh, Moses just died. Moses was the one that was leading Israel. He just dies in Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua now takes over. And Joshua is having to lead Israel from point A, to the promised land, but in order for them to get to the promised land, they first have to go through the Jordan River. 
And what we read in Joshua chapter 3 in verse 15 is the season in the condition of this river. Joshua 3 in verse 15, it says that it was flood season, harvest season. So, so the river, it was a little more chaotic than normal. Some historians say that the river during this time period, it was between 60 to 100 feet wide. At its most deepest point, it was between 20 to 30 feet deep. And, and Joshua had to take Israel from where they're at to the promised land. But in order to get there, he had to go through the Jordan River. And, and so he, here's kind of my premise this morning. If you get nothing else from this message, I, I'm, I'm going to help you out right now. You, you don't have to remember anything else. But, but my, my hypothesis this morning is that, is that God needed to take Joshua through the Jordan, not just as a route, but there was something in the Jordan River that Joshua needed in order to sustain them once they entered the promised land. And so my, my heart for you this morning is whatever the, what, whatever the in-between is between where you're at and where God has you, that there's something in this, 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 this lane of uncomfortability that might be beneficial to the, to, to the time and place where God has you in the future. And so that's the journey that we're going on this morning. And as, so as I'm, as I'm preparing this message, right, knowing that it's year nine, knowing that it's a celebration of, of discovery, what it, what it dawned on me is that in the span of these nine years that we've been in existence, we really have, we, we, there's really three churches in one in that the seasons that we've been through. And what's interesting to me is that these three different churches, season of, of church, like it's, it's parallel to this, to what Joshua and Israel are going through. And so what I want us to do is we're just going to journey through the nine years of discovery. And then we're going to go keep going back and forth to the story of Joshua and just seeing how, how it's similar if, if that makes sense. And so Joshua, as I said, Joshua, he just took over leadership from, from Moses. He, he's young. Everybody is used to Papa Moses leading the ship. And Joshua has this responsibility of taking Israel from point A to point B. And God said, I, I want to use you to lead my people into the promised land. And right off the bat, what I thought of was, man, this sounds like year one through five for discovery. In fact, if I was to name years one through five, I would name it this. I hope this works, church. <laughs> See, because when we started, I was only 30 years old. Vanessa was 29 years 29? 29 years old. And we had no idea what we were doing. In fact, we thought that when we started the church, we thought that everyone that would be at the church would be a younger crowd. To our surprise, for the first few years, majority of the people at Discovery were 45 and over. 
And here is this little 30-year-old like, come on, guys. <laughs> it was awkward. And, and how many of you guys were here for that year one through five? Could you just, not that many. Look around, not that many. That's crazy. And so year one through five, man, that was a year of grit. We were a gritty church. We were showing up at 7.30 in the morning. We were leaving at 12.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday. And it was insane. And, and so, so here we are, year one through five, that I hope this works, church. And, uh, and I'm thinking like, man, this is Joshua. Joshua's like, let's go, guys. We're going to go. We're, God's going to lead us to the promised land. We just, we're almost there. Could you imagine Israel like, oh, it's cute, Joshua. <laughs> Full of hope. We've been wandering for 40 years, but... That's how I felt the first couple years of the church. People, because see, what you may or may not know is that with a church plant, a church startup, is that you normally, you normally get people from other churches that come. And it's people that, that, um, that like, and this is not the case for everybody, okay? I just want to preface it. But it's usually people who are like, let's see what this new church is all about. Let's see if they can become what I wanted. That other church I came from didn't want to be like it. And we get a lot. And so here I am again. I'm 30. My, my wife is 29. And we're trying to lead this church. And it felt like, they, like they, at the very first couple months, like, let's just see what you got. And it was hard, y'all. It was crazy. And so during the first five years of, of, of discovery, my, I had two goals, to cast vision and to make sure we didn't close. And so here I am, 30 years old, I'm trying to cast vision. Hey, guys, God has called us to reach this city, to reach this county. Soon we're going to be a church of hundreds. We're going to be a church of thousands. And people are as quiet as you are right now. Like, well, that's cute, Pastor. <laughs> My old pastor said that before, too. <laughs> and so I'm trying to cast vision, telling people, hey, God, God has called us to this city to reach this city of Roner Park. As I see numbers dwindling. So I'm casting vision. That was part of it. And then the other part of it, I was trying to make sure that this church didn't close. See, because statistically, church plants, church startups, 87% of church startups don't make it to year five. 87%. In fact, I know three people by name who I love who did not make it to year five. And so it was more than just some numbers, but I saw it. And so from the very first year, I'm like, we're not going to close. We're not going to close. We're not. And we did it, man. Year five came. We partied like it was 1999. We, like we were celebrating. We were excited. Yeah, thank you. We were excited because we were like, God, you did it. 
You, we made it. You allowed us to make it to year five. And then this really cool thing happened in December of 2019. Um, in December 2019, we signed the lease to this place. So we were set up tear down for the first almost six years. And in 2019, we signed the lease. We were excited. There was nothing in here. It was all open. And we, were, we said we didn't care. We were just pumped. And we were so excited. And then that leads me to year seven, six to seven and a half. And, and if I was going to, to name this church, I would, I would name it this. What the heck is happening, church? What the heck is happening? We signed the lease 2019. We're excited. Listen, every pastor and their mama was preaching and uh, that 2020 was going to be the year of clarity. That God's going to, he's going to give you vision for 2020. He's going to open your eyes like never before. You're going to see things that you've never seen before. It's a year of clarity. Ah. My God, was it a year of clarity. <laughs> and so we meet here. We meet, like there, we had pipe and drapes in this room. This, these walls were not really all there. And, uh, and we were meeting here January, February. And it was really cool because we started seeing people come in that we've never met. We had people that were going to the movie theaters that was wondering what is happening here. And they came in and they stayed for church instead of going to the movies. And so January and February, I'm like, whoa, clarity! And then I remember it like, the, like it was yesterday, March 13, 2020. We're meeting here. We're getting everything ready. And Rona Park sends out an alert that says the coronavirus, that's what they called it, coronavirus has reached Roner Park. And it was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we met, uh, I was meeting, it was that Sunday, we're here and we're meeting and uh, we're about to start and I, and I huddled around my team and I, hey, y'all have an amazing leadership team, by the way. They, they were here through the thick and thin of it. They, they, they fought with me. They, yes, could we honor them? Thank you. And so, so we met, and, and we're like, hey, what do we do? What do we do? And, and, and they, it was a consensus, because we had no idea what this thing was. Let, we should probably, we should probably like, not have church that day, that Sunday. And I said, hey, the, I, I agree, but let's, People, because people were coming already, I, I said, hey, let's, let's just at least have worship. Could we just worship? And so people came in, and 10 o'clock happened, or 10.30 at that, at that time happened, and people were coming in, and I said, hey, you know what? We, we just got an alert. This thing called coronavirus just hit Roner Park. We don't know what the heck it is, uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to just have worship. We're going to end early, and then we'll see you in two weeks. And so, uh, so I remember that moment. It was such a sweet moment. There's something about worshiping in the midst of fear. And we had no stage. There was, there was nothing here. 
And we just, ha- we just worship. And, uh, and they, everyone left. And I'm like, I'm talking to my team like, hey, it's cool, you know, well, two, two weeks off, I'll just stand in front of a camera and I'll just film myself. And it was so much fun at the beginning. I enjoyed it so much for like three weeks. And then I was like, this, this is horrible. And, uh, and so here, here is uh, year six through seven and a half. And I'm, and I'm like trying to create community in a season where people thought other people were the plague. And I'm like, and your leadership team on Easter, Christmas, they were dropping off boxes and Easter baskets to people in the church. And we were just trying to create this community of people, like digitally. What the heck does that mean? Literally, I'm like, God, what the heck is this? And I remember there's never been any more of a time that I wanted to quit than in 2020. Because it sucked. And we're, uh, and so I remember just like, God, I don't, I don't want to do this. Because COVID, like, again, we didn't know what it was. We kind of know what it is now. And you can choose what you want to believe about it. And we, uh, someone on our, on our team would get sick and then it would spread. <laughs> and then like, we're like, we got to shut down and we can't, re- and it was crazy. And then, and then I had people who were like, you need to open. Don't shut the church. And then I had other people who were like, shut the church. And it was like a season where I just couldn't make anyone happy. And I'm like, God, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. But what's funny is that God kept reminding me of of January, February. Those two months that we had where people were coming, and, uh, and I'm like, all right, God, we'll keep going. If this is what you want, we'll keep going. Because I felt like God was telling me that this was not the promised land. I vividly recall him saying, this is your passing through lane. And so I'm thinking about year six through seven and a half because even 21 was crazy too. And, uh, and I'm thinking about this in parallel to, 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 this, to what Joshua is going through. See, because as soon as Moses dies, to me, as it reads, the first task that Joshua had to do was not something easy But God was like, Moses is dead. You're in charge. It's time to cross the Jordan. Are you sure? If I'm Joshua, I'm like, man, I'm quitting. Forget this. I'm going back to whatever they did back then. 
This is too much. But again, I want to propose to you that God had to take him through the Jordan because there was something in the Jordan River. There was something in this lane of uncomfortability. There was something in this season of, of impossibility that Joshua and Israel needed to sustain them in the promised land. In Joshua chapter 4, verse 20, here's what it says. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done at the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So God, he, he could have, God could have easily made the promised land more accessible. God could have, if he wanted to, he could have had the promised land at a place where they didn't have to cross what seemed to be impossible situation. But God wanted them to cross through the Jordan River because he wanted them to take some memory back with them. To remember the day that God did the impossible. So that they would build a monument with the stones they got when the red, or excuse me, when, when um, the Jordan River separated. It parted, and I don't care if you believe it. They parted. People walked through. And as they were walking through, what we just read is one person from the 12 tribes each grabbed a stone with them. And they carried the stone through the Jordan River all the way to their promised land to build a monument. And Joshua said, the reason that I want you to do that is because when you're in the promised land and things get hard, life gets rough, that you can look at this pillar of stones. And it could remind you of what I did for you in the past. God is letting Joshua know that, that this Jordan River is not a passing through lane, but it's, it, there's, there's something that, that he had to grab the stones to build the pillar so that when they got to the promised land, they remembered what God did for them. Listen, I don't know what you are experiencing right now, but if you are in the middle of the Jordan River, I want to encourage you 
Don't let that be the place where you believe is the promised land. I'm telling you this morning that you would have enough faith to pick up stones of God's faithfulness and carry it with you to where he's called you to be so that you can remember what he's done in your life. That you can build a monument of God's faithfulness. And so here they are in the band can come up. Here, here, here they are. They're, 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 they, they're, they're from um, this, this land that they were was called Shittim. Yeah. Sometimes that's just what your situation is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> got some drums going on right now. And, and so they had it there and and then they had to move through, uh, through the, this Jordan River. But it was a purpose. There's a purpose. Listen, I, I don't know the purpose of what you, why you're going through what you're going through. I just know God is faithful to help you through it. And then they get, then they get to the promised land, to the place where, where, they, where they're called to be. And this is year eight for us as a church. Eight, year eight until current. See, it's, it's, it's crazy because September of 21, we had our ribbon cutting ceremony. Everything was done. Everything was completed. And then God did something super crazy. In July of 2022, during our At The Movies, during the summertime when usually church attendance declines, like, it started growing. And we're sitting, we're sitting with the team, and we're like, what the heck is happening? This is amazing. And we step into to, to this realm of, of the promised land, and, and we're excited about, about this place that, that we're in. But what, what I see about about Joshua and his story, and, I, and we're going to worship and then we're done, guys, I, I promise you. But what we see in this, in this story of Joshua is that once they cross over and they get to the promised land, what's important to see is that there were stages to the promise. There, that once they got to the promised land, they just entered into it. They just entered into the promised land. But now they're at a new stage, a new place, because now they had to take the promised land. And so what we read in this story is, is that they get, they, they cross the Jordan River, right? They, they set foot on the land that God had promised them. But the first thing that they had to do was they had to take and conquer. They had to take possession of the promise that God had for them. And, and they did that, and that's the story of Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. 
And if you're unfamiliar with this story, I love this story because it, it's a story of, of community. It's a, it's a story of conquest. It's a story of, of vision. It's a story of, of unity. And uh, so, so they enter into the promised land. Before they, before they can ever, um, before they, they, they can do anything, they first have to, they have to deal, they, they have to take their promise in, in stages. And so God, God tells Joshua, he's like, the first, the first part of the promise that I'm giving you, because again, it's in stages, is you're going to take, you're going to take that territory over there. And I'd imagine Joshua was like, cool, let's do it. I'm just going to get the army and we're going to go conquer it. God's like, no. He's like, this is going to be a community thing. God's like, I, I want the worshipers. I want the moms. I want the dads. I want everyone to be part of this victory. And what they do, this is so bizarre. They circle, they march around the city of Jericho. Not just a certain group of people, not just the leaders, but everybody. And they march around. And then on the seventh time, God tells him to just rejoice. To give out a shout of praise. To give out a shout of victory over what God was giving them. And so they circle the seventh time. I'd imagine if that was me there, I'm like, so we yell now? Is that what we're doing? Okay. Something miraculous happened. Something miraculous happened when everyone was together in unison. Scripture says that the walls of Jericho that were protecting, that was a barrier, they came tumbling down. And they were able, Israel was able to not just enter, but take hold of the first stage of the promise of God for their life. Friends, I, I believe that this building is not our promised land, the totality of the promised land, but it is the first state of our promised land. And what God is wanting to do in this church is to continue to reveal and to show and to use this church to sow hope to more people. To reveal hope to people outside of the four walls. Again, we, we've said this from the very beginning. This is not about us. This has always been about the people who are not yet here. And so for those of you that just joined this church within the past year, we've been praying for you.
And now here, here's our next step. As we rally together, we get everyone and we go into our next, the next stage, the next step of what God has for us. And what I want to submit to you this morning is that it's going to take all of us. And so here's, here's as we end, and we could stand. I know I've been talking for a long time. I'm sorry. It's our birthday. What do you expect? You can stand. We're going to lead into some worship, but here's what I'm asking. In this new stage that we're conquering, that, that, that we're going to step into, will you join us? Will you be part of helping create more space for people? See, every single person in this room was invited by someone, came here, maybe not expecting much, but being encouraged by the love and the hope of Jesus. Jesus.